0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Oh, how good was the rain last night? Praise God for rain. Oh, soaking in the rain. That's so good. Going to sleep to the sound of rain. How refreshing. We don't get to do it very often, do we? So good. I just went outside for, you know, five minutes before I went to bed, and I just stood there like this and said, oh, thank you, Lord, for precipitation. <laughs> when you live in the desert, that's what you do. Eh? Oh, I just feel the rain on my face. It's so good. And um, the title of my message today is Run Into the Outpour. Run into the outpour. Run into the rain. Go and let the rain fall on your face and appreciate it and get out there in it. So I was preparing this message yesterday and then it rained last night and I was like, yes, that's so cool. So it says in Joel, and you know that the word for the year is? Outpour. So it says in Joel 2.28, and it will come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit. Everyone say pour out. out. It's a promise. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Visions. If you're seeing visions that's cool it means you're still young and if you're dreaming dreams maybe you're doing a bit of both that means you're in midlife transitioning <laughs> um, but uh, it's pretty cool the amount of people that have been coming to me and saying I had this dream and they've been sharing it with me or I had this vision during soak I just had this picture and I love it how God's giving us dreams and visions isn't that exciting about what he wants to do and what he is doing, because he wants us to be in on it, doesn't he? He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to show us his ways. Who wants to know God's ways? I want to know his ways. So we need to position ourselves for the outpour. We need to step into the outpour. That's what I did last night. I went and positioned myself in the rain, because I wanted to I want to experience the rain and we need to position ourselves for God's outpour, for the outpour of his spirit, don't we? We don't want to hang back. We want to run into it. So I've got a few points that we're going to cover this morning about positioning ourselves and running into the outpour. And the first one is that we want to run into prayer, that we want to run into prayer Jesus said, My house will be a house of prayer, didn't he? And and Stephen spoke about this last week in his Run to or Run Into series about meditation, about meditating on the Word of God, meditating in the presence of God. And this is what Daniel Bates was talking about the week before. This is the ask. You know how he talked about the ask, the seek, the knock, the, the three different levels of seeking God? This is the ask. Where we come to him in prayer, where we, like Chelsea said this morning, where we give him our burdens, where we where we cast our cares on him. That's what that's what prayer. That's how it begins. But there's so much more to prayer than just asking, isn't there? But that's where we begin. It says in Psalm sixty-two eight, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is our refuge. Selah think about that. God is our refuge and he wants to pour out on us but he also wants us to pour out our hearts onto him. Like Chelsea said you know sometimes it's hard to sing it is well with me but we know it's well with him and so we can give him everything that is worrying us and sometimes we need to empty ourselves before God and pour out everything that's burdening us, everything that's getting us down, everything that's a weight on us. We need to pour it out on him so that he can fill us afresh and fill us up with his presence and his his power. Pour out your heart before him. That's what Hannah did, didn't she, when she was seeking God for a child. And Eli came and spoke to her and He actually thought she was drunk because she was just so um, caught up in the presence of God and so saddened, so desperate. And she said, I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I haven't drunk wine or strong drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. She was pouring out her anguish. She was pouring out her disappointment. She was pouring out her desire before God. And, you know, sometimes we carry things we don't have to carry. We just need to pour it out. We need to give it to God and we never give up on people but sometimes we need to give those people up. Sometimes we're carrying someone in prayer and we're carrying someone and we're carrying someone and we're, and we're getting disappointed because we're saying, God, why aren't you changing them? God, why aren't, you, why aren't you speaking to them? God, and we get so discouraged and we get so burdened and we get so downhearted and, and we start blaming God because they're not changing. And God's saying, I am speaking to them, but they're not ready to listen yet. So we don't give up on them, but we give them up. And we say, God, I'm not. I'm not going to work harder than they're willing to work anymore. I give them up to you, God. When they're ready, I know you'll keep speaking to them. And when they're ready, they'll respond. So sometimes we get so burdened with other people, and we just need to give them up to God. We just need to pour it out to God and leave them in His very capable hands, because we know that He never stops speaking. He never stops working. So run into prayer. Sometimes prayer is leaving things, leaving people with him. We need to run into praise, don't we? There's a story in the New Testament where Jesus healed 10 lepers. And you know how many of them came back to say thank you? One. One leper came back to say thank you. All the nine, the other nine were like, thanks Jesus, that's awesome. And will just go back to live my life as normal. They didn't even come back and say, you have changed my life. I'm going to honour you from this day forward. We don't want to be like those nine lepers that never stop to say thank you. We want to be continually coming back to Jesus and saying, you've changed my life. I'm going to honour you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. All the days of my life, as long as I have breath in me, I'm going to praise you. And there's this beautiful passage in Revelation 5.8, where it talks about the elders and they're all around the throne. And it says that in one hand, they have a golden bowl of incense, which represents all the prayers of the saints. And in the other hand, they have a golden harp. And And they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And, you know, that's how we need to bring our requests before God. In one hand, we have a bowl full of our prayers. And in the other hand, we have a harp. Prayer and praise always go together. Let's not just come to God so fixated on our prayers So fixated on like our praise depends on this being answered. No, that's in one hand and in the other hand we have a harp. In the other hand we're already thanking him for what he's about to do. We're already praising him. We're already saying holy, holy, holy are you Lord because I know that you know better than I do. I know that in your perfect timing. So prayers in one hand, praise in the other. That's a beautiful passage you can go and read. More about that. The third thing we need to run into His presence. This is the the seek that Daniel was talking about when he said, "There's we ask, and then we seek." That's where we linger, where we listen, where we wait, where we worship. We just we just run into His presence, and that's what soak nights are all about. That's what you know. You you do it at home. But, but we also provide opportunity for us to all come and do it together. Don't just wait till the last Wednesday of the month to soak in the presence of God. Do it in the car. Do it in your lounge room. Do it in your kitchen. Like, you know, just spend time in his presence. Just turn off every other distraction and turn on the worship music and just get with him. And sit and soak with him. And let him, let his presence permeate your soul. And then that's when it starts to be well with your soul again, isn't it? When you just let his presence permeate your soul. And it's not his presence that determines whether we receive from him or not. It's his receptivity. It's our receptivity. So, you know, you can have two people in the same place and one person will recognize the presence of God and the other person won't. It's our receptivity to his presence that determines whether we allow him to touch our heart or not. So if you haven't felt his presence in a while, ask him to make, help you to be more sensitive to his presence. Ask him to soften your heart again, to, to help you to be more sensitive to his presence. Because we can become hard-hearted to the presence of God, can't we? So that we don't recognize it anymore. Like Daniel said, we need to know his presence. But how do you get to know someone? By spending time with them, by hanging out with them. So we only know the presence of God when we spend time in the presence of God. It's the only way. How are we going with the... Oh, there? It's working. The photos are working. How cool is that? That was me in the rain last night. (laughs) So good. Number four, we need to run into partnership with one another. Yeah? The Word of God says that we're co-workers in his kingdom. And even better than that, we're brothers and sisters. So we're in partnership with one another. God's God's made it that way. He designed for us to be a community of people living together, working together, encouraging one another. You hear me say it all the time, don't you? I'm big on community because I see it on every page of this book. On every page of his word, I see people doing life together, generationally partnering with one another. We are a community. And Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 says, be completely humble and gentle. It's a good way to be, isn't it? Completely humble and gentle with one another. That makes community happen a whole lot better, doesn't it? When we're completely humble and gentle with one another. Yeah? It works when when we treat each other that way. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That makes community a whole lot easier, doesn't it? when we're patient with each other, when we're loving and kind towards each other. Hey, that makes marriage a whole lot better when we're loving and kind and patient. That makes family community a whole lot better, doesn't it? When we're completely humble and gentle. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know that, what does it say, the unity of the what? The unity of the. Hmm. Unity isn't something that we create, it's a work of the Spirit. It's something supernatural that goes beyond us, and we are charged with keeping it. We can't create it, the Holy Spirit creates it, because He does a beautiful work in us when we come together. And he forms us into his family and his body. But we are charged with keeping it. We're not to disrupt it. We're not to get our grubby hands all over it and make it something it's not meant to be. So we're to protect it. We're to honour it. We're to hold it in high regard, unity. It's something beautiful. It's something powerful. Something amazing that the Holy Spirit does in us when we come together. We need to think very carefully about doing anything that could undo it, disrupt it. Some people don't think twice about disrupting the, un- the bond of peace because they have an opinion, an offence or an attitude that they feel that they need to air. But it's disruptive to the unity of the Spirit and it grieves the Holy Spirit when we do that. So we need to not do that. We need to not do that because this is the Holy Spirit we're talking about. Holy Spirit that does a beautiful work of unity in us and we are charged with keeping it, honouring it, not speaking against it, not criticising, not disrupting, not venting. Because, whoo, I just have a whole new esteem for unity when I see that it's something the Holy Spirit creates. Something we need to not touch. We need to guard it and honour it. So run into partnership. Number five, run into provision. Run into his provision. And there's that scripture in Malachi 3.10 that, That we all know where it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house and test me in this and see that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out. Everyone say pour out. So much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. If we're sowing into the kingdom, we can then expect God to open the windows of heaven and bless us financially. We can expect that because that's what his word says, yeah? You can't expect to reap financial blessing if you haven't sown anything. If you haven't sown any seed, you can't expect the windows of heaven to fly open and supernatural blessing to come your way if you haven't sown any seeds to sprout up when the rain falls. It's a kingdom principle. Sowing and reaping is a principle that the Father will not dishonor. He honours his word. He honours his principles. So if we sow, we will reap. If we don't sow, we won't reap. It's as simple as that. It's really simple. Don't you love it when God makes it simple? He dumbs it up for us, doesn't he? I love that. So, yeah, run into his provision. Because this is what, you know, Sometimes there's dry seasons, isn't there, in our lives. But what do we do in the dry season? We keep sowing and we keep praying for rain, don't we? We don't stop sowing just because there's a dry season. Because this is what the Father does. He comes along with his big old watering can. Because there will come a time, the wet season always comes, doesn't it? The rain always comes So if we've been faithfully sowing in the dry season, then the Father comes along with his watering can and he gets ready to pour out his provision. He gets ready to pour out his spirit. He gets ready to pour out his supernatural rain, right? On the soil of our life, he comes along because it's time, it's time for the harvest. And so he gets his big watering can and he gets ready to pour out all this rain on us. But then he has a look at the soil of our life and he goes, what have they been sowing in the dry season? Are there any seeds in this soil? Has this soil been turned over? Has this soil been tilled? Has this soil been weeded? Have they been sowing into this soil expecting rain? Have they been faithfully sowing? Because when I pour out my spirit, when I pour out my blessing, are there any seeds in there that are going to sprout up? Is there anything in there that's going to come to maturity? Is there anything in there that's going to grow? Are we going to see fruitfulness out of this soil? Because even in the dry times, we need to sow generosity. We need to sow. We need to sow. We need to sow seeds of salvation don't we? Seeds of kindness, seeds of intercession, seeds of prayer. Even in the dry season, we need to sow seeds of perseverance. We need to sow seeds of prophecy, prophesying over our own lives, prophesying over the lives of others that the rain is coming, that the harvest is coming. We need to sow those seeds so that when God comes along with his watering can and starts to pour out his spirit, we start to see new life shooting up. We start to see fruitfulness shooting up. Yeah? Who's excited about that? Because who's been sowing in the dry time and you're just expecting to see some fruitfulness? You're expecting to see some new growth. You're expecting to see some provision in your life. I'm excited about that because it says in Psalm 126 that those who have sown in tears will reap in joy. Those that have sown in the dry times will reap in joy. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. Because when God pours out his spirit, like he promises, there's going to be some fruitfulness. Run into his provision. <clears throat> Number six, we need to run into his promises. You know, and a big key for this one is that we're able to celebrate promises fulfilled in the lives of others. You know, the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. Mourn with those that mourn. It's part of being a community, isn't it? That we're able to celebrate financial blessing in someone else's life. We're able to celebrate when someone else gets a house. When someone else finds a partner, when someone else is in a relationship, we celebrate with them. We go, that's fantastic, even if it's not happening for us yet. Someone else's generational blessing, someone else's promotion, someone else's healing, someone else's engagement, someone else's marriage, someone else's victory. We need to celebrate with them because God is pouring out his favor on them. And we need to learn to jump in other people's puddles sometimes. You know, when God has poured out his provision in someone else's life, we need to get in that puddle and jump in it with them and go, that's awesome, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. And speak blessing and joy into their life. I celebrate... You know, you can't expect in your own life what you refuse to celebrate in someone else's. So I celebrate generational blessing that I see at Hillsong Church where Bobby and Brian are serving God and all their children are serving God and all their grandchildren are serving God. And I don't go, that's nepotism. I go, that's awesome because that's in the Word of God. You're God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And I will not criticise that because I want it in my life. And when I see financial blessing on someone else's life and they've got a new house and they've got a new car, I don't go, oh, they're in ministry and they shouldn't be blessed like that. I go, that's awesome because that's God's provision. And I want God's provision in my life. So I celebrate it. I don't criticize it because I can't expect to have it if I won't celebrate it in someone else's life because I'm shutting that door. I'm saying that's not God when it is God. I want to open that door wide open because that's God's goodness. That's God's promises. And sometimes we criticise what God has done and we say he hasn't done it and he has done it and that's not a good place to be. I celebrate when I see other churches growing because that is the kingdom of God expanding and I want some of that. I don't go, oh, how come they've got 500 people and we've only got this many people and that's not fair. Uh, 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 uh." That's awesome. That's the kingdom of God. And I want some of that. I want to open that door. I want to celebrate that because that attracts the favour of God. That gets God's attention. And sometimes it's hard when we feel like we're being overlooked by God to celebrate someone else's victory. But, you know, when we're mature enough to go, my time is coming, so I'm going to jump in their puddles. I'm going to jump in their puddles because I know my time is coming. When we're mature enough to do that, that gets God's attention. That gets heaven's attention. And the Father goes, look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at them celebrating with someone else when they haven't even seen their breakthrough yet. I love that. That gets my attention. That gets the Father's attention. God is so good. Yeah, that's a bit energetic. (laughs) So don't let, don't allow any jealousy or any stingy spirit to rest on you. Brush it off. Brush it off. Don't let it stop you from celebrating what God is doing in someone else's life, If, especially if that's what you really want for your own life, or even if it's not, just celebrate it anyway. Failing to bless others. You know, failing to celebrate with others. <sighs> why, is this, why is this thing so hard to get off? doesn't want to stay up failing to celebrate with others when God pours out his provision is like walking around with an umbrella over your own life going well I'm not feeling God's presence well I'm not feeling God's provision well how come they're getting rained on well how come they're getting blessed how come they've got an open heaven I'm not feeling it I don't know why I'm not feeling it why am I not getting it they always get everything they want they always get their prayers answered. They're just spoiled. They they don't even know what hardship is. They've never been through anything tough. They just get it easy. It's easy for them to praise God. It's easy for them to lift their hands. That's what it's like. We need to ditch the umbrella and go, hey, I'm gonna celebrate it. I'm gonna dance in the rain, because I want some of that. I want some of that. Ditch the umbrella too hard to put up anyway (laughs) jealousy makes us bitter generosity makes us better yes it says in James can both bitter water and sweet water come out of the same well be a sweet well be a sweet well refresh others with your words refresh others with your life Stop up that bitter stream that's trying to work its way into your life. Stop it up. Hey, this is a really cool verse. It's in Luke 6 38. Jesus said this. Jesus said, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down. Shaken together and running over will be poured out, everyone say poured out, into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Everyone say with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know that that God gives us some pretty powerful choices over our own life and this is one of them. He gives us free choice. And some of those choices, we don't realise how powerful they are sometimes. But this is an enormous key because it says, give and it will be given to you. And the measure that you choose to use will then be measured to you. So when God says, you know, bless others, speak generously, give, sow, We can choose our measure and we can go, okay, I can use this little itty bitty measure to bless others and to give, or I can use this measure, or I can just be really generous and I can just bucket it out over people, right? We get to choose what measure we use. And then the Father comes along and he goes, hey, I want to bless them. Let me see, where's that measure they've been using? Where's that measure? Because I have to honor my promise here where I say I will use the same measure that they've been using because they have made a choice. So he goes, What have they chosen? Oh, what a shame. There you go, your choice. It's our choice. He says, Jesus said, with the measure you use, I will use when I bless you. So you choose. Do you want a little itty bitty five mil? Do you want two cups? Or do you want a whole bucket of blessing in your life? You choose the measure you use. You can bucket out generosity. You can bucket out words of encouragement. You can bucket out prayer over people. You can pour it over people generously. And then that's the measure that God will use when he comes to bless us. Oh, that's a pretty powerful choice, isn't it? That's what the Word of God says. And my last point, point number seven. Hey, have you noticed that they've all started with P? Stephen did. (laughs) So my last one is run into prudence. Prudence is not a word we use very often anymore, but it means wisdom and good judgment. Run into wisdom and good judgment. God gives gifts to us when we're brand new Christians, doesn't he? He gives us gifts to use to encourage his body. He gives us Gifts of encouragement, gifts of hospitality, gifts of discernment, all sorts of gifts, prophetic gifts, pastoral gifts, all sorts of gifts he pours out on us. When we're brand new Christians, right, it's up to us to use wisdom in how we administer those gifts. It's up to us to mature in those gifts. So if God has given you a gift of discernment where you can see stuff In people's lives that maybe other people can't see. He doesn't give you that gift so you can criticize when you see something's up. He gives you that gift so you can pray. That's using that gift with prudence and maturity, that's using it with wisdom. Not using it to go around and gossip and say, oh, that person's making a bad choice and look at what they're doing and look what how they're living. God doesn't give you that discernment so that you can judge. He gives you that discernment so you can pray and intercede for them and love them. So that's maturity. That's prudence. There's a, there's a good guide that, that I like to use when I'm tempted to talk about a situation and I'm not sure whether I should or not and that is if you're not part of the problem and you're not part of the solution then you shouldn't be talking about it. And if the person that you're talking to is not part of the problem or not part of the solution then don't talk to them about it because then it becomes gossip. But sometimes sometimes Leaders need to talk about stuff because they're part of the solution, right? But that's prudence and that's wisdom. So we're not here to judge one another. We're here to encourage, comfort, strengthen one another. And Jesus says implicitly in in Matthew 7, 1 to 2, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And hello. Hello, here it is again. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There it is again. There's that phrase again. Here's another choice that we need to make. We get to choose how harshly or how gracefully we are judged. That is huge. That is huge. And once again, when we're we're tempted to judge somebody else, we get to choose, am I going to bucket my judgment on them? Am I going to bucket down judgment on them because they're making a bad choice? Because I think I'm more righteous than they are because they made a mistake and I've never made a mistake. So I'm going to bucket down my judgment all over them and I'm going to talk about that to everyone. Or I'm just going to judge them a little because they should know better. Or, you know, just flick a little bit of judgment on them to make them wake up to themselves. Or we can just not, we can just obey Scripture and not even go there. Not even go there. Because then when the Father comes along and He says, I'm the righteous judge. My son and my daughter, they're going to stand before me now. Let me have a look at that measure that they've used to judge others. Oh, nothing. Just grace. Grace. They only ever administered grace. So that's, I'm just going to administer my grace to them. That's what, that's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. I'm not making that up. Jesus said, do not judge or you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So we get to choose how we will be judged. pretty huge isn't it and i know that god's grace god's grace is awesome he's also a just god and we can't just elevate one characteristic of god without seeing god holistically cuz we all have to stand before him one day and give an account And I know, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I only know what Scripture says. And I know that we live under the new covenant, we live under His grace. We also live with a responsibility to love and treat one another with the same grace that's been given to us. Don't we? Yeah. Can we stand together? Let's just have a moment with him. I just want to give you a moment. to spend with your Father just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what he wants to pour into your life what he He wants to pour into your life and what he's asking you to pour into the lives of others thank you Father Father are a generous, good, good Father, that you want to reveal your ways to us so that we can live a life of perfect love, a life of grace, a life of blessing, so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we can receive blessing from you, Father that beautiful circle of full life that you talk about you want to give us abundant life, full life thank you Father for showing us your ways for pouring out your spirit on us afresh Lord for helping us to run into your your outpour, helping us to run into your rain with our arms outstretched to receive everything from you that you want to pour out on us. And then to what we have freely received, that we will freely give it out and bless others. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Father. You're so good, Lord. reach out your hands just reach out your hands to him we receive from you right now father we receive fresh outpouring of his spirit we receive your providence lord we receive your love we receive your grace we receive wisdom We receive, we receive everything that you have for us, Father. Our hearts are open, our arms are open to you. Thank you, Lord, that you have more. You have more for us. You have more for us, Lord. We receive the more. We receive the more. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.